Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lombard Trucking Podcast. This is episode 10, one zero, double digits. We made it. Before I get going, make sure to go on Apple or Spotify or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Drop a five-star review. It'll really help me out and it'll help me get to episode 20. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lombard Trucking. YouTube's coming soon. I got the intro made. You should still be able to find me on there and subscribe if you search for Lombard Trucking. So go ahead and preemptively strike at that. I should be recording whenever I have time sometime this weekend. The YouTube, it'll be a little bit different from the podcast. Looking at short clips here, a little five minutes. I, I can't make half hour YouTubes of whatever the fuck it is I'm doing. Maybe I'll get there. I'll get a GoPro. We'll start We'll start having some some fun. Who knows? But I'm just looking to make little quips about being at shippers, receivers, just sharing my experience. One of the biggest reasons why I want to even make the YouTube is because of other truck drivers on YouTube. The reason why I'm finding success and the reason I've gotten so much information and I've been able to plan ahead and figure certain things out, YouTube. It's helped me out, so I want to put myself on that platform, either help new drivers, motivate other guys, and and also just as a way to connect with them. When I last left you off, I had gotten out of Winter Storm Izzy alive, that winter storm that tore through parts of Virginia, shut down parts of 81. I was shut down there for a couple hours, and I left two kind of interesting things out of that story. One was how I actually started to interact with that local news guy. And it was because I actually kind of talked shit to him on Twitter a little bit. He had tweeted that traffic started to move at mile marker 128 on Interstate 81 North. And it was like, oh, for the first time in X amount of hours, traffic has moved on 81. And I sent the picture and I said, you know, what are you talking about? I'm still sitting here. That's when he DM'd me. So I kind of I kind of called, called him out on it and got some response and even fr- and from when we had our conversation, I was shut down for another hour, hour and a half after that. Number two, I can't believe I left this out. I finally was given a uh, CB handle. Like I mentioned, I had met a guy who called himself Cowboy on the CB radio. And he had given me my first CB handle. I never referred to myself as anything because that's kind of the tradition is you don't have a call sign or anything on the CB radio until somebody basically gives it to you. And like I mentioned on episode nine, whenever I am shut down in traffic, I go to Twitter to get local traffic, weather and news updates, and I'll pass that information along on the CB radio so other drivers around know what I'm looking for. And as I was having this conversation with Cowboy on the CB radio, I kept saying over and over, oh, I'm checking Twitter, I'm talking to this guy, blah, blah, blah. And then whenever we'd stop talking and then he'd want to get my attention again over something, something he was thinking about, just something came out of his mind, he would just say, hey, Twitter, hey, Twitter, I, I don't know your name. I don't, I don't know your name, but I'm just call you Twitter. And I was like, okay, I guess that works. And honestly, for... It's kind of an interesting name when you think about it because the CB radio is almost the original Twitter in a sense with obviously a range limit. So that's where you can find me if you're on channel 19, you call out for Twitter. I'll answer to that. So I got out of the winter storm, made it up to West Caldwell, New Jersey. 
if you're a fan of The Sopranos, there's that episode where Steve Buscemi's character playing Tony Wendetto, West Caldwell. West Caldwell. Sorry, I just watched that episode recently. It made me think of that. So I had that trailer. It was loaded full of stainless steel equipment that was going to a Dunkin' Donuts that was being renovated. I got empty from there. It was a shoot-up to Johnstown, New York, which is just west of Albany, to a Walmart, D.C. I've been there several times. Swapped my empty for a loaded one that was going back to Arkansas. On my way up to New York, my check engine light came on. Everything was running fine. I called the 1-800 number that's on the driver's side visor, and that calls this customer service type line. And now this truck is still under warranty. It's got less than 300,000 miles on it. So if anything needed to happen, I could get anywhere and figure it out that way. My company doesn't even need to to know. I, I'd call and keep them in, in, in touch. I'd be like, hey, this is happening. They told me to do this, X, Y, Z. And then my maintenance guy over at R&R would be like, okay, just keep me in the loop. He says it's a code. It has to do with uh, pressure, uh, fuel pressure. I call my maintenance guy the next day. He goes, okay, the only thing you can do out there is try to get your fuel filters replaced. And that'll happen because with these trucks, normally you get them serviced about every 30,000 miles. That's when you'll get what's called a B service or an AB service where you get some fuel filters replaced. They do an oil change, swap out the fluids. Normally it takes about an hour for the maintenance guys at R&R to, to do this service. So he's like, hey, if you're out there, if you could stop at a truck stop and get it worked on because it's something that's an easy swap out, give it a shot. But if you're running good, you're good to keep rolling. I tried to go to a TA up in Johnstown. Their whole garage was flooded from snow and snow melting. They couldn't do it, so I kept rolling. I swapped trailers. When I got to Ohio to sleep that later that day, check engine light shut off. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm making my way back to Arkansas, and no check engine light comes on, but towards the end of my trip, I got about 50 miles to go. When I'm going uphill... It's not that the truck is losing power, but it's like, it, it's almost like I was like extremely heavy. So I called the maintenance guy and he said, yeah, it's definitely, it's got to, either your diesel's gelling up or the fuel filters are clogged. If you don't know, diesel fuel is a little bit different than regular gasoline. If it gets too cold, it'll start to gel up. This is actually what happened to fuel and the tanks during the Battle of the Bulge, the, the diesel fuel was literally gelling and freezing in the tanks. They couldn't start start them. The same thing will happen in any any diesel-fueled vehicle. That fuel can gel up. On Instagram, I put up a little video. There's a little uh, bottle of, it's called like diesel treat. You can add it to the fuel and it'll stop it from gelling. And uh, because sometimes your truck won't start. I end up making it back. My truck gets a service. We're good to go. I'm getting a load to go back to Texas for the weekend. I got a fully loaded trailer full of pinto beans that was going to Selma, Texas. Go there. Spent the weekend at home. Great time. Rolled back out Tuesday, January 25th, just so we're all on the same wavelength. I'm recording now on the 27th. I leave Austin, I take my empty up to Waco, swap that with a loaded one, it's going back to Missouri. And as I'm driving back up to Knoll, Missouri, which 
is just a few miles north of where R&R is in Gravit, Arkansas. We have a warehouse in Knoll. As I'm driving up, I'm thinking to myself, damn, I wonder where I'm going. Because I heard there's still some snow going across the Midwest, maybe some snow this weekend in the Northeast. And I was like, God damn, I'm not driving through that bullshit again. So I'm driving. I get a call. I'm taking a loaded trailer from Missouri to right outside Indianapolis to a Walmart DC. This is my first time going from Missouri to Indianapolis. Normally I take something from, it's Greenfield, Indiana. Normally I take something from there back there. So I'm like, okay. From there, I get the trailer and I'm driving and I'm like, ah, are they going to send me back to Johnstown? It's in the back of my head. Are they going to send me back going through Virginia? You know, I'm not, I'm curious where I'm going next. But luckily with the way my schedule panned out, I got a call. I found out I was actually getting a load from just Northwest of Indianapolis and I'm taking it to Phoenix, Arizona out of the refrigerator, hopefully into the frying pan. Actually, more so out of the freezer and into the frying pan. Finally, hopefully getting into a little bit of warm weather. I'm not opposed. Plenty of miles. I'm loving it. I'm pumped. Load I actually got, and now I'm in Joplin right now. But I've got a load. It came from a GNC place, like the uh, health and wellness store. It's a whole bunch of vitamins and nutrition shit. And it's going to a... GNC distribution place in Phoenix where it'll go out from there. So now that I have you guys all caught up to speed, we're on the same mile marker here. I wanted to talk a little bit about current events in the trucking world. And one of the coolest parts about becoming a driver is friends of mine, new and old, you guys on the other end of this microphone, reaching out and asking me questions on how I feel about certain shit going on in the trucking world. And I love it. Any questions you got, or anything you got for me, like I said, reach out to me on any of the socials. You got my number, shoot me a text. I'd love to talk about it right here on the podcast. Like I said, we got to make it to episode 20 somehow, and I need you to do it. So one of the biggest things going on is the government green lighting 18, 19, and 20-year-olds to go over the road to help, I guess, address this supply chain crisis going on. Now, before I get into this, when it comes to this supply chain crisis, there's a tinfoil hat in me that almost wants to call it all bullshit. Because talking to my father, talking to other people, talking to other drivers, there is probably more trucks on the road now than there ever has been in U.S. history. Without a doubt. And so if there are more trucks on the road now in 2022 than there were in 2019 pre-COVID, then where the fuck is this crisis coming from? I get the rate confirmations from my company. I see the price of freight. I see how much certain loads cost going from here to here. If I'm hauling food or if I'm hauling shit like these vitamins I got, I see the freight rates. They haven't really changed much. As far as I know and from what drivers say, the rates are considered good at this point. But they've been higher at certain times based on the market, and they've also been lower. But the general consensus is rates are pretty good now. So with pretty good rates and more trucks on the road now than ever, where the fuck is the supply chain crisis coming from? That's why part of me thinks it's a little bit of uh, 
you know, some bullshit, I think, so that the, uh, you know, the big guys can keep raking in the money and, uh, you know, while we're all kind of blind to it. But that's a conversation for a different day. Back to the people under 21 going over the road. Now, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure you can get your CDL under the age of 21 anyways, but you are only allowed to drive within your own state. Now, that's something I definitely agree with. 18, 19, and 20-year-olds going over the road. Okay, so it's like an apprenticeship thing. That's kind of what I'm reading. I don't disagree with it. I mean, hey, you could be 18 and join the military. 18, 19-year-olds, they were driving seven tons, towing, you know, M777 cannons when I was serving in the Marine Corps. 20-year-olds, and by all means, we were driving from Camp Lejeune to Fort Bragg for training ops. So we're driving on interstates, towed vehicles, towing trailers, towing cannons. So, I mean, you could do it in the, in the military. I had licenses to drive big trucks like MRAPs and the Matt V. So can people that young drive these vehicles? Absolutely. What's tough is the over the road thing. And I think as an apprenticeship, if, it, if you keep it as an apprenticeship and these guys are running teams with drivers who have X amount of years and experience, I think that's how you have to do it. You can't just snap your fingers and throw an 18 year old in a truck like what I'm doing by themselves. There's a lot to this life that is, you know, more than just driving. I mean, you do, you're your own boss out here. You gotta, you're the one with your clock. You gotta manage your clock. You gotta know how fast you're going. You gotta monitor the weather conditions. You gotta monitor traffic conditions. You know, you're responsible for your food. You're responsible for getting the right amount of exercise, getting the right amount of sleep. There's a lot of people who are 18 years old. I mean, you're 18, you go to college. It's a little bit different than being 18 and going out in a truck. You're 18, you go, you get a regular job, nine to five, or you work in a warehouse, still different. When you're coming home every night, it's, it, you, it's coming home is almost like a safety net. You're over the road. You're, you're out, you're out here on your own, man. And there's, there's no one looking out for you. You got to look out for yourself. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty fucking scary to any 18 year old. So it, my own opinion is, Hey, I, I'm all for it. People want to drive. You're 18 years old. You want to come out here fucking help America, serve America, fuck yeah, love that shit. But I think if we're going to implement them out here, they got to be with a driver who's 25 years of age or older, and they got to have two years experience themselves. Because one of the real reasons why I think they don't let 18-year-olds do this, a lot of it has to do with the insurance. So a lot of the good-paying trucking companies, or if you want to get into business yourself, when it comes to insurance, and when it comes to hiring drivers, a lot of smaller firms and the insurance companies like two years of experience, over-the-road experience. Anything less than that, insurance companies are going to try to rape you, and other carriers may not want to hire you because of their own insurance. It goes right off your motor vehicle record, your driver's license number. So I support it, but let's just make a plan. We can't just snap our fingers, put a driver, you know, Pam Transport hires an 18-year-old, throws them behind the wheel for two weeks with a guy, and then send them on their way. That would be very, very irresponsible. Um, personally, I think they should be with a driver for a year over the road, be with a guy, and they should have to go all over. That includes mountains. I'm talking Smokies over there and I-40. 
at least going up and down those motherfuckers. Northeast, they need winter driving. And also going out west, learning the open road, being out there far away from civilization. They, they got to they gotta get it all. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, I'm curious to hear other people's opinions out there. This job is kind of dangerous, so I know a lot of people's biggest concern is the safety thing. But, you know, uh, let me hear your opinion. Shoot me a DM. Would love to hear what you guys think. Um, crazy situation. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how we'll see how companies deal with it, because just because the government green greenlit it, you know, we'll see what these companies out here, how, how they want to figure it out. Now, another thing going on in the trucking world, and I've had a couple of you send me this stuff, send me clips and whatnot on social media, and that's where this is more prevalent is on social media than it is American mainstream media are these truck drivers up in Canada who are protesting, slow rolling, convoying, shutting down over potential vaccine mandates that the Canadian government is trying to implement on its citizens, including truck drivers. Now, before I go any further, when it comes to the coronavirus vaccine, I agree with Lex Friedman wholeheartedly on this, that the COVID-19 vaccine is probably the greatest medical achievement we'll see in our lifetime. The development and rollout of this thing is absolutely amazing and such a scientific achievement that is going to benefit generations to come. And when you really step back and look at it, it's just another reason that makes fucking America the number one country in the world. So it, it's, it is, it's tr truly awesome. Where it comes to a crossroad is I'm going to have to uh, agree with these Canadians. I, I don't think you, you should be mandating it or, or forcing it on people. It, that's all. And we can agree or disagree on that. That's fine. We can talk about that offline. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm always down to have some, cool common collected discourse with you and my friends and anybody out there but like i said i'm inclined to agree with these truck drivers and they're free to protest how they want to and i'm kind of glad they're doing it i'm glad they're doing it because like the covid vaccine and that development helping generations to come truck drivers need to learn from this protest and if they don't want something like the coronavirus vaccine mandated we need to realize the power that we do have when it comes to things that personally, I think matter a little bit more, which are freight rates. So if freight rates are going to drop and truck drivers are going to be pissed, how about we fucking stop the whole fucking, the whole chain? How about we crack that link in the supply chain and nothing gets anywhere? That would be a lot better. That is something we need more of. Little history on the trucking industry, by the way, when it comes to truck driver pay and kind of the ebbs and flow of the industry. So the trucking industry was almost about to crumble during the Great Depression, and then FDR enacted the Federal Motor Carrier Act of 1935, which saved the industry and paved the way for its amazing growth throughout the 20th century. In the 60s and 70s, drivers were making equivalent six figures in today's money, and they were home every night. Jimmy Carter deregulated trucking in the 80s. It dropped freight rates to bottom dollar, and it crushed unions and took a lot of people out of work. And this vacuum caused a lot of big companies to come in. It dropped freight rates and it dropped driver pay at the same time. So in today's industry, drivers get paid less than they did in the 60s and 70s. But things are cheaper. 
douchebags will try to tell you, oh, if freight rates go up, then the price of goods will go up. That's a fucking bold-faced lie. And all you need to do is just look at the history books because when freight rates were set higher, because that's the thing, the Federal Motor Carriers Act of 35 set the freight rates. And then unions would lobby to businesses and the government over keeping rates higher. So even in the 60s and 70s, those owner-operators who were primarily from the South where the agriculture and the cattle is coming from, those owner-operators were getting good money because the unions were, were fighting to keep rates high. So even back in the 60s and 70s, the small firms were still making out better than they are today. So when these freight rates drop and shit's kind of hitting the fan, truck drivers need to look at this Canadian protest and go, hey, we do have a little bit of power. You know, there, there's over 500,000 owner-ups on this road. If 500,000 trucks stopped rolling tomorrow, there'd be all, fucking all hell would break loose. So we need to remember that. So overall... You know, I like where these Canadian truckers' heads are at. Hopefully it's a catalyst to get drivers in the future to know that we need to stick together. You know, it should be more of a brotherhood out here. The last time there was a big protest like that in the U.S. was uh, out in California. They shut down I-5 when they forced the electronic logs onto the trucking industry. And that, and, you know, a lot of people, when they think of truck drivers, they think of those outlaw truckers. I talked about it on Instagram, those cattle haulers, the guy with the toothpicks, you know, doing cocaine, staying up for three days straight. That's always what people think of these cowboy outlaw dudes. This industry is dominated by literally fucking everybody, but especially a lot of these uh, Punjabi immigrants. And a lot of them live out there in California. They're they're the ones who had organized a huge protest out there and shut down I-5 for an entire day over these electronic logs. So it wasn't the OOIDA. It wasn't these uh, old honky uh, truck drivers you know, mad grumbling over the CB radio. It was it was a, a bunch of immigrants who were like, hey, you know, we need to do something. This is affecting our paycheck. And they shut down I-5 for it. So let's take some notes from our brother, our Punjabi brothers and our brothers up there in America's top hat. Kind of realize the power we do have. Because we're going to need that one day when it matters most, when they start trying to roll out these self-driving trucks and these fucking robots. We're going to need that brotherhood and camaraderie to shut that shit down. Because they're going to try to sell us that bullshit with the self-driving trucks. Oh, if we automate the supply chain, it's going to make things cheaper. Really? Let's look at back at history, like I just said. When they deregulated and dropped the freight rates, did it make anything cheaper? No, it cost jobs and people's pay got cut. Shit is more expensive now than it was in the 60s and 70s. Look at how much automation they're rolling into warehouses and stores and self-checkouts now. You notice anything getting cheaper? Isn't inflation at one of its record highs? During the coronavirus pandemic, haven't we seen the largest transfer of wealth from the little guy go all the way up to the top 1%? All these major companies are making it out alive. So let's let's think about that. So shout out to the Canadian truckers for doing that to to remind everybody else out here over the road that we do have a little bit of power because we're going to need it one day. All right, let's bring it back between the white dotted lines real quick. What else we got going on? Super Bowl's coming up. Exciting time of the year as always. NFL playoffs. Pittsburgh Steelers made it into the postseason. Fortunately, we couldn't get past the first round. I don't think I've mentioned it before, but this is officially a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Hopefully, Lombard Trucking can be a proud sponsor one day. We'll see. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get. Got to get to episode 21st. So 
<laughs> so so stick around. I don't know who you guys want to win. You know, I'm partial to two of the teams. Uh, wouldn't mind the Niners taking it all. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, if he could take a Lombardi home, it'd be a big win for us Italians. You know, we need a W after these two Cuomo clowns kind of fucked us. You see, that's why we'll never have an Italian president because because uh, of the clowns like those Cuomos. So hopefully Jimmy G can grab a Lombardi and take it home. But I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of partial to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a fun team to watch, fun football team. I, I watched clips of even them beating the Steelers. I mean, these guys just play good football, great coach, awesome players, love Pat Mahomes, Texas boy, Pat Mahomes. So, I mean, uh, and I'm up in northwest Arkansas and Joplin, and I'm up and down 49 all the time, and there's not a lot going on up here. So if, you know, if it makes some coworkers happy and makes the people around these parts happy, you know, I, I, I can't be too upset about it. You know, it's funny. They keep talking about uh, Pat Mahomes and his brother and his girlfriend. And let me tell you, I, I think the brother's kind of insufferable. But when it comes to the girlfriend, I was on Twitter and everybody's complaining because she was like spraying champagne and all these like douchebags are on Twitter. Like, it's really cold in Kansas City. The last thing I want is some, uh, you know, boisterous woman spraying champagne at me from her suite. And it's like, who the fuck are you? If I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm in that audience. That's exactly what I want. That's what football fans want. Don't matter if it's fucking cold. And honestly, people who shit talk Pat Mahomes' girlfriend, let me be honest with you right now. If you're in a relationship with somebody or your friends or even your social circles, if they don't support you like Pat Mahomes' girlfriend supports him, then you're dating the wrong person and you're in the wrong social circle of friends. This is just a life lesson. If you're not surrounding yourself with people that you're rooting for, and at the same time, they're if they're not you got to be rooting for them. If they're not rooting for you back, or if they're like rooting against you or talking shit to you, you're with the wrong people, my friend. You're dating the wrong person, or you're married to the wrong person, because uh, that's exactly what you want in a partner, and that's exactly what you want in a friend. But hey, that's just my two cents on the whole thing. Also, look, hey, listen, I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret. I'm in the market for a used semi truck. That's right, you heard me right. I'm in the market out there. I'm exploring that option advancing in my career so as you're out there with your friends and you're in your social circles and in your network or if you're familiar with buying semi trucks yourself reach out to me because uh i want to talk because i'm looking and can't do it alone so uh help me out reach out to me but other than that that's all i got for you guys episode 10 in the books thanks again for being here i really appreciate you guys it means so much get me get at me on the socials Twitter and Instagram, at Lombard Trucking. Drop me a five-star review wherever you're listening to this. Helps me out. It's going to help us get to episode 20. Hope you're here with me. If you or anybody you know is interested in getting your CDL, 100%, please reach out to me. Would love to help you or anybody you know out. And as always, if you ever just want to talk, I'll be here. 